Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen. episode of Brawl for All. I am Lance Jenkins, your host, and I'll tell you folks, we're excited to have you here. We started with the technical uh, issues we had just a moment ago, but we hope you're joining us live uh, right here on blogtalkradio.com. And I do want to note a couple of things. First off, this is Pro Wrestling's newest podcast, and we are excited uh, to bring it to you every Monday night, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live right here on blogtalkradio.com. If you are listening uh, live, thank you for listening. If you can't listen live tonight, just keep in mind you can always download the podcast on demand on iTunes and other, uh, other podcast outlets as well. And, of course, you can also watch the live video version if you want to see me. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but nonetheless, uh, if you do, you can go to Rage Wrestling's YouTube channel or the official Brawl for All YouTube channel and watch the video version. Again, I'm Lance Jenkins, and I am the voice of Rage Wrestling, and I am joined tonight by the lead pro wrestling analyst for Brawl for All, Stevie Fly. Stevie Fly, are you with us? Yes, sir. How are you, Mr. Lance? Oh, I'm doing okay, Stevie. Glad to have you on the show. I'll tell you, um, I, I, I'm sorry about the technical issues, but we're live. We're live for the very first time. I, I know you're excited. We got all the bugs out now, so we're ready to roll now. We are ready to go. We got an action-packed uh, uh, show tonight, a special 90-minute edition. Even though we got kicked off late, we're still going to run 90 minutes, if it's all right with you, Stevie. All right, no problem here, bud. You know, I could talk Good. all night. Good deal. That's right. We can talk about pro wrestling all night. That's for sure. Um, but I, and I'll tell you, we I mean, we really do have a good show planned tonight, folks. I don't think it's any secret that last night the WWE put on Clash of Champions, their Raw pay per view. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight, and uh, we will also have a very special guest here tonight. Uh, we're getting started a little late, so hopefully he'll uh, call in a, a little bit later. But nonetheless, we're going to take him when he does because he is the biggest part of tonight's show. Folks, the pain train Preston Quinn. Many of you may have uh, met him at Rage Wrestling or seen him wrestle Dirty Money at Rage Wrestling's event back in August, August the 27th if you were in Alaska, North Carolina. But I'll tell you, he actually is fresh off his Ring of Honor debut this past weekend in Duluth, Georgia. He'll be joining us uh, later tonight as well. Before we get started, I just want to tell you a little bit about me, and I'll let Stevie do the very same thing. Um, first and foremost, Again, I've been a I've been a pro wrestling fan for all my life, really. And if you're looking at the video version, you can see um, my studio desk here, and you can see these old wrestling action figures I had back in the day. And I mean, you can tell I've been a fan for a long time because I've got old Sting action figure up here, and I hadn't seen these guys in a long time. I pulled them out of the box uh, just the other day. I thought they looked good on the desk, but I'll tell you, 
I've been a fan for a long time. My first wrestling event was WCW Thunder in 1998. You remember Thunder, don't you, Stevie? Definitely, definitely remember Thursday. Thursday night Thunder. That's right. Thursday sometimes, night. The one sometimes that... it was preempted to Wednesday night Thunder because of wild games, but <laughs> yeah, it was. That's right. That was back when you know you had Nitro and Thunder. You had wrestling three or four times a week then. That's right. That's exactly. I remember that, and that was that was when the Monday Night Wars were fresh, and that was, I would say, one of the biggest, uh, one of the heydays of the wrestling business. There's no doubt about that. But um, I will say that I've been a fan for for a long time, and uh, but I'm not going to make any bones about it. And I'll say this: um, I have uh, it's ever since I've become a part of Rage Wrestling, which is large part is due to this uh, gentleman joining me, Stevie Fly. Uh, he asked me to be the ring announcer uh, for a rage wrestling event in Lasker, and it was a dream come true for a kid like me who uh, takes life real seriously and got a chance to have fun one night. But it, one thing led into another, and uh, Stevie and I are doing a podcast now <laughs> for the wrestling business. So, and of course, you know we're both very involved with rage wrestling. In fact, I remember on July 31st of this year, uh, I, I said a prayer that night. I said, "Lord, please show me something that I can do for you that I can be passionate about." And uh, the next morning, I already knew I was going to be the ring announcer, but the next morning I got a call, my very first call from a promoter of Rage Wrestling, Charles Jones, and the rest is history. And I'll tell you, it's been a a dream come true. Here we are on this podcast, but I don't want to talk about myself much. I want to introduce to you uh, our lead pro wrestling analyst uh, and give him a chance to tell uh, tell you a little bit about him, Mr. Stevie Fly. Take it away. Well, I'm going to show my age a little bit. I've been – I go back a little bit further than Lance. Uh, I go back to when I became a wrestling fan in 85. Uh, that was when the Crockett territory was hot. It was not pretty much your, your, your Monday night wars. It was pretty much Saturday afternoon wars. Uh, you had the NWA. You had the Ric Flair's, the Dusty Rose, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, the Road Warriors. Those were the guys that got me involved in wrestling and got me a love for wrestling. My first ever event was in August of 1986 at the Dorton Arena. The main event was the Rock and Roll Express and Magnum TA against the Andersons and Tully Blanchard. And you talk about the first match I ever saw was a guy, a, a jobber named Thunderfoot versus a guy named Joel Deaton. And if you don't think I was nervous when they came out there, it was just, but <laughs> I was hooked from that point on. I was hooked. And, uh, you know, I've been watching it ever since, and, you know, I, I do prefer a lot of the older stuff to the Crockett years up until what the product is now, but I still enjoy it. Uh, I think, I think you know, you're going to get something kind of Lance's view because he started a little bit later than I did and kind of my view from an old, older wrestling fan's perspective. But, uh, you know, we're going to have a good time with this. And like Lance said, I'm involved with Rage Wrestling. Mr. Charles Jones came to me. Um with with the chance to do something like this, something I've always wanted to do is be involved in the wrestling business. And uh, from there, I knew that Lance was the perfect ring announcer. As soon as we started talking, I said, if you don't have a ring announcer, I know exactly who to call. I knew Lance was a wrestling fan, and he has not let us down. He did a great job at the first event, and looking forward to doing a lot more with him. And, you know, he's he talks about how I looked out for him and made his dream come true. Well, doing a podcast is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and when he asked me, I jumped at the chance. So I think we kind of looked out for each other on this. Well, I'm glad to have you, Steve. I'll tell you, I, couldn't, I, I, it, I thank you for the way you feel about me doing the in-ring announcing, but 
I couldn't find anybody better to do this. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Like I said, I could talk about this stuff all night. Well, good. Well, we might just do that um, because uh, in just in, in just a moment here, uh, we'll be joined by uh, the pain train, Preston Quinn. I think I've already talked a little bit about him this evening, but the pain train, Preston Quinn, and I met uh, in an interview uh, not too long ago. I'm sure you remember this, Stevie. He is preparing oh, yeah. for a match against fellow Ring of Honor star uh, Caprice Coleman. And, of course, Caprice Coleman has been in Ring of Honor for some time. And he will be at the October 8th event in Lasker, North Carolina, for Rage Wrestling. And the two of them will highlight the first round. And I'm going to tell you, Stevie, uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that area has seen the quality match they're going to see that night against uh, between those two. Well, I mean, no, I, I don't think by any means. If you look at the quality of, of the roster that we have in this right now, and these are a lot of uh, you know a lot of people who haven't heard of these guys, but these are a lot of up and coming guys uh, mm-hmm. like. A Caprice Coleman, like uh, Preston Quinn, like a Dirty Money, guys that you you will probably see on Monday night or, or Thursday night or, or Saturday afternoon on Ring of Honor. I mean, these guys can make it big. They have they have the talent. I saw that uh, the the last Rage event, at the first Rage event in Northeast. There's a lot of talent on this roster, and Caprice Coleman is just adding to it now. You know, while we're on, while we're on that, and in, in, in anticipation of Preston joining us. Um, do want to talk a little bit about this upcoming event. I mean, you know, August 27th was was a show. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. World Tag Team Championships were decided. Of course, Mayhem Incorporated, a team of Gluteus Maximus and Benjamin Banks walked away with that one. But I'll tell you, um, you know, in all honesty, I I don't think that – I mean, it was was great talent there. It was great wrestling. Um, But I think from the very start, the crowd was hot. It was just an all-around great event, and – I'm going to tell you, folks, if you have not been to this and you live in the Northampton, Hertford, Halifax County area of North Carolina, you you need to go to this show because, I mean, for the price and the quality of wrestling you're going to get, um, I think it's $10 for adults uh, at this October 8th show. But, honestly, uh, it is fantastic wrestling, and, and it, I don't think the fans were slighted anything. But, folks, uh, we're actually getting ready um, to welcome uh, Preston Quinn to the show uh, he's going to be joining us here in just a moment. We'll check in with him now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show uh, the pain train, Preston Quinn. Preston, how are you doing today? Hey, how are you doing, gentlemen? How are you, Preston? Glad to have you on the show. Appreciate I know you, you're coming uh, fresh off the start, uh, your debut match in Duluth, Georgia, I believe it was, with Ring of Honor. That had to be an exciting weekend for you. Yeah, big, big one. It was a big one for sure. It's uh, the first of many, so look oh, forward yeah. to it. Well, tell us a little bit about the match. Uh, who, who was involved? What the, who the match was? What the outcome? Um, originally, it was slated to be uh, myself against uh, Joseph Agal. He used to wrestle as Joe Black a lot in North Carolina, Mid Atlantic area. Um, they last minute got changed up to a tag team match. Uh, teaming with a gentleman named Matt Sells and. Uh, we were against Joe and a kid named Gladiator Jeremiah, who uh, used to wrestle with Slim J out in um, NWA Anarchy. Gotcha, gotcha. Sounds like it was exciting. We, I was kind of following the whole thing on social media, and it, it, you got to tell us uh, how how'd you get connected with Ring of Honor. I mean, obviously, we saw you wrestle August 27th. We know you're good enough. We're just wondering what happened and, and uh, how the process started to get involved with Ring of Honor. 
I was wrestling wrestling for Fusion, and they were booking me against a lot of uh, a lot of really talented guys. Got Adam Pierce and and Bob Evans and, and you know just uh, Mike Bennett. Uh, a lot of a lot of the talented guys that are just further along than I am. Um, you know, I, I I didn't make strides to move up in wrestling because I have two daughters that I have to raise, and mm-hmm. now that they're older, um, fifteen and eleven, at least somewhat older, uh, I'm allowed. You know, I'm, I'm allowed more time to be on the road and to, and to try to go after this before I become too old to do it. And uh, so, you know, I wrestled Bob Evans a couple of times, and he just started telling everybody. He was like, this is the best guy you have never heard of. Absolutely. He just went around and just sung my praises to everybody. And people started listening. Uh, Bob begged me. He said, Ring of Honor is not, it's not what you think it is. Uh, Keep an open mind, please. You know, come up here and let them see. So a couple of years ago, I did. Um, I went. Went to a, a, a dojo. They loved me. Uh, everything seemed like it was going to progress pretty good. And I was in a match against a gentleman named Congo, you know, a 350-pounder. And I attempted to give him an electric chair. And my left leg gave out, and I ended up sitting down with him on my shoulders. Uh, and, it, and it crushed my, my C4 and my C5 together and messed up a disc uh, in my neck. And so for the last couple of years, lifting heavy wasn't an option. So if I wasn't in the shape I wanted to be in, I wasn't going to call him back. So I did. And uh, the injury finally got, got better enough that I, I could lift heavy and, and get back on a regiment. I got bigger. I got back up to 275 pounds. So I called Kevin Kelly. I said, Kevin, I'm ready to co- I'm ready to come back up. So he made room for me at the Tojo in July. I went up there this time. Uh, full-blown, pain-trained Preston Quinn <laughs> character with, uh, you know, the satin ring jacket, the towel around my neck. I gave him the whole deal, and they they loved it. They said they felt like that was something that, that was needed in their company. Uh, so that's where I'm at now. Well, well I, I yeah. can tell you firsthand, uh, the match you had at our last Rage event with Dirty Money was, was the match of the night. Both you guys put on a great show, but watching you and I, I know we talked about this a little earlier today. I'm seeing seeing things of Arn Anderson. Is that is that something you put in your repertoire? Is that something you meant to do, or is that something that just come from you know naturally? A combination. Um, I naturally I'm, I'm naturally left-handed, uh, so that that I have in common with Arn. Right. Um, I've always, ever since I can remember, enjoyed doing uh, the Spinebuster. And the Spinebuster, the yeah. Yes. So I've I've used the Spinebuster forever. Uh, and obviously, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Arn Anderson. He's not my only influence, but I am a huge fan of his. And any time you talk about targeting a body part and taking apart one part of the body, you can only speak the Anderson name. Oh, There's nobody that does it like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I so, noticed that. I noticed that that night when you fought Dirty Money, you worked on his arm and you worked on it a lot. And that's another, you know, I, just your appearance, you look like you could be an Anderson. But watching you in the ring, like working on one body part and some of your mannerisms, it really reminded me on. And I, that's that's a huge compliment because he's probably 
one of the greatest workers I've ever seen. Completely agree. Completely. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, there's there's no doubt. I I, I kind of noticed the same thing in some of the videos I saw. And in fact, talking about videos, um, I think Stevie, we did a little research, uh, and we oh yeah, we did a little research. That, uh, it, it appeared to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Stevie, that. Uh, that uh, the pain train appeared in some capacity on Monday Night Raw at one point uh, in 2003. 2003, I believe. Yeah, that's Tell us about that experience, yeah. Yeah, how did that come about? Um, Basically, they called called the promoter in Virginia at the time. Rick O'Brien was the NWA promoter in Virginia. I was the heavyweight champion, and probably, you know, a guy that he knew if he sent up to the big boys, I wouldn't do anything to embarrass him. Right. So I got there, uh, you know, and, and they told me that they wanted uh, me and Stacy Keebler to do this thing during a match with Test of Jericho. And once I got Stacy's attention, that it was going to piss Test off and Test was going to pull me from out of the crowd and kind of pull me around outside the ring and, uh, you know, give me appearance. That was a, that was a fan getting beat up. Right. So, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, my first uh, my first experience with with uh, Vince McMahon's company. Okay. Now, talking about you, you're talking about your time in Virginia, you, you big time in the VCW. Now, if I'm correct, you wrestled in VCW. You wrestled times against beautiful Bobby Eaton. Tell us, yes. tell us a little bit about how how that was. I mean, because that's you talk about Arn Anderson being such a great worker. There's another one that's probably one of the most underrated workers of all time that really, you know, tag team-wise, he got the credit, but I think single-wise, if he had went out of his own a little bit more than he did, he could have really, you know, contended for a world title. And he had some matches with Flair a time or two, but I think he could have really been seriously contended for a title. Tell us how it was to work with somebody like Beautiful Bobby. Well, a funny story before I go into that is I was, uh, when I was, between 12, 13 years old, I was playing basketball uh, in a league. I was all, and anybody that made the All Stars, they made you uh, like, like a card out of you, out of your picture. And on the back of the card, right. it had your stats on there and and different things about you. Well, on the back of my card, at 12 or 13 years old, it said uh, main influences, and on there it says Ric Flair and Bobby Eaton. <laughs> That's so right. That'll tell That's you right. what it meant to me to be able to wrestle mm-hmm. him. And not uh, only did you wrestle him, but you you actually beat him a few times. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been yeah. yep. I've been back and forth with him. He's hit me with the Alabama Jam, which was one of the high points of my career. Being able to see him come down with that move. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm left-handed, but I throw I throw similar punches to Bob. Uh, he's he's a righty, but so we were able well, to tag, you know, kind of kind of slugging each other back and forth, and and uh, both of us like to use, uh, and because of his influence on me, I like to use the swing and neck breaker. I like I like to use the leg drop from the top rope. Right. But of course, when I wrestle him, I just do any of those things. Um, I drop a similar elbow drop to him. I mean, there's a and if I'm and if I'm in a tag team, I wrestle this. It's so much Midnight Express, unless unless I'm I'm targeting a body part and then it's going Anderson. Right. So you've pretty much got the best of both worlds when it comes to tag teams. You got beautiful Bobby, you got Arn Anderson influence there. That's 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 a good combination for a tag team right there. 
I agree. Two uh, best tag wrestlers in history. Exactly. They can make anybody. You know, Owen Anderson had Zabisco. He had Ole. He had Tully. I mean, the list yep. goes on and on. He had All Bobby right, for a while in the Dangerous Alliance. Exactly, exactly. And they yep. held the tag belts. Uh, I got a quick question for you. Your preference here, Midnight Express with Eaton and Lane or Eaton and Condry? Oof. Oof. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a tough, a tough one, one that's man. A tough one. Uh, I think they had better matches with Ethan Lane because of the tag cohesion. And, and oh. wrestling was developing differently at that time, so you were getting a lot more double-team spots, more double-team moves, tandem-type stuff, the drop-toe elbow, the vegematic, the flapjacks. Ethan and Condry both were, were, were better, I thought, better psychology tag team, but Ethan and Lane had uh, flashier, flashier double-team moves to kind of, so I feel like their matches with the Fantastics and, and the Rock and Rolls and, uh, uh, like, the Southern Boys and stuff like that, I feel like those that, matches were probably the best ones. i tell you, uh, one of the most underrated matches you'll ever see, Great American Bash, 1990, Midnight Express versus the Southern Boys. That match went back and forth and back and forth so yep. much, but it, and it kept you on the edge of your seat. But, you know, yep. anytime you talk about Midnight, you talk about Rock and Roll Express. And, uh, you know, I think, I will go. I'm gonna go with Eaton and Lane as far as what I what I thought. Just the same reason you said that their moves were flashier. Uh, Condry just had more of a he's more of a brawler to me. Than, but Lane technically was a better wrestler than Condry to me. But yeah, but I'll tell you. I agree. You know, and I'll tell you that um, you, know, you just said 1990. I'm sitting here thinking I'm a, I was a fresh faced three year old at that point. Um, yeah, but, uh, I told you, Lance. I'm going to show my age on this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. No, because you know, I'll tell you, those were glory days. Uh, there, there, there's no doubt you can go back now and watch all the late, the, all the, all the the, the the videos from that back then. And I mean, they would have, they were much of the glory days of wrestling. And uh, not that it still isn't, because wrestling still is a, a big deal. But um, that was just, it was a day, you know, when Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant, and, and that was one of the biggest deals in sports, uh, and there's no doubt about that. So, I mean, that's a time that I love, but I have to kind of reflect on as opposed to, um, I did not live it, uh, let's put it that way. But look, let me well, ask you this, Preston. You, um, I, I think you uh, had some experience also in TNA briefly, kind of in the early days. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Barron's brought me in. Uh, they had me wrestle Eric Watts because at the time I was bigger than everybody else on the roster pretty much. And Watts was six foot four, six foot five. Um, so they had me wrestle Watts and you know, a lot of people crapped on Watts and whatnot. I thought I had a decent match with him. Uh you know, he he kinda relied heavily on me to come up with everything. So I you know, I understand I understand where people were coming from, but I was just happy to be there and they wanted me to come back, but again the travel schedule at that time, I think that might have been 2005-ish. Um, right. Again, I, 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 my daughters were very young then, and there was no way I was going to yeah. be on the road that often and be away from them. You know, it just, uh, especially a dad not around their daughters, I think it's just a recipe for disaster. So I wasn't going to let wrestling stand in the way of that. Well, that's pretty admirable because <laughs> not everybody makes that choice. And, um I'll tell exactly. you that uh, that is something to be said for that. Uh, we got a real class act, folks. If you're just joining us, the Pain Train, Preston Quinn, fresh off his Ring of Honor debut, is with us live. And I want to ask you this uh, too: You've got a big match coming up, actually, at our promotion, Rage Wrestling, 
on October 8th. It is the highlight match of the first round, and it is against fellow Ring of Honor star Caprice Coleman. Now, you had pretty harsh words for him when I interviewed you last time, um, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming nothing's changed. Is that right? No, not at all. You did. No, you, did I, you I, have the same thing I said before. If you haven't heard the interview, I'll rip his arm off and beat him with it just to advance in that term. Well, he did you happen to bump into Caprice this weekend? I, I I actually saw him. I saw him in uh, I saw him at Ring of Honor. He was uh, wrestling with the Cabinet. Uh, right. You know they're working to res- mm-hmm. make make wrestling great again. So I hear. It. So uh, well, you know, we'll see how much he helps the Cabinet with his arm in a sling. <laughs> make wrestling okay. great again. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, what, what did my man Arn Anderson say? A three-legged table is useless. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's that's very true. I, I, I actually, you know, to get myself in the mood for this, I watched some of Orange's greatest uh, interviews, and one of them was like, I'm not a man to come out here and toot my own horn, but toot, toot. You know, oh, that, one of my favorite lines, buddy. I can't wait to steal that one. <laughs> <laughs> you need to use that one in the next interview. Toot, toot. I love it. You, know, you, you got to love that guy. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, that interview had over 2,000 views in 15 hours, I think it was. Yep. Right. You, you, the pain train uh, is ratings, gentlemen. Do what? I said the pain train is ratings, gentlemen. Well, exactly. it sounds that way. That's the high-speed video we've had so far. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it certainly sounds that way. I actually went to a gathering the other night, and uh, I hadn't seen these people in two years. And, um, and I don't even know if they're big wrestling fans, but they're coming out to see you next time because all they said the whole night was the pain train, Preston Quinn. And I'm like, I don't even know if y'all know who he is, but they do now because they've seen that. <laughs> yeah. say, that promo was good. I will give you that. That was the best one uh, that we cut the whole night. I mean, you, you didn't miss words about it. It doesn't sound like you're doing it now. Folks, want to let everybody know, too, uh, Caprice Coleman is coming to Alaska, North Carolina, uh, but he's got a big roadblock in, ahead of him. Uh, the pain train, Preston Quinn, going to be fighting him the first round October 8th at the Rage Wrestling event. But anyway, let's get back to you. Um, talking about uh, your career, I know we've talked a little bit about what you did this past weekend, but tell us this. I mean, where do you see yourself headed? What's the plan moving forward? It sounds like you're moving forward, that's for sure. Where do you see yourself, uh, you know, two, two to five years from now in the wrestling business? Well, at my at my humble age of forty, and five years being forty five is going to depend a lot on my uh, how my body if my body continues to hold up at the level that it's at. Uh, so far, mm-hmm. so good. Knock on wood. But yeah, right now, just uh, I've gotten my foot in the door in a bigger company. Uh, I was told to get my passport ready. If that means anything. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm looking international. Uh, I'm looking at some of the bigger independent wrestling companies and uh, bigger, you know, bigger paychecks. Uh, plan mm-hmm. on being fully sustainable on a wrestling career, uh, and, and you know, and, and just work working working with the business and working to better the business as a whole with the younger guys and and, uh, and the companies that I wrestle for. I want to I want to make those companies better. By being there, I want to be a guy that they know when they pay him the money that he's going to come in, he's going to put a butt every 18 inches, and the <laughs> guy he's going to wrestle against is going to have the best match of his life. Well, you talk about going international now. I saw a picture of you backstage at Ring of Honor with a guy that I think is, is 
you know, I, a lot of people that are in this area don't realize who he is, but Jushin Thunder Liger, one of the all-time great wrestlers, in my opinion, of all time, but, you know, in Japan, he's a, he's a, a legend, but, you know, over here, he's known, but not, your diehard wrestling fans know who he is. Obviously, you know, is Japan something that you're you're talking about when you're talking about going international? Absolutely. Gordy and Williams made a, a, a killing over there. Brody, uh, you know, Arn and Barry, all those guys went over there and did very well. And my style fits very, very much into the uh, the heavyweight Japanese style. Well, you got uh, I don't think I don't think there would be any problem with a cohesion between me and my Japanese opponent. Well, you got you know, Ring of Honor has. The Bullet Club, some of the Bullet Club. I, I, you know, you talk about the Young Bucks. You talk about uh, Adam Cole. Uh, you think would Preston Quinn be involved in the Bullet Club? I think I'd be involved in whipping their backsides. I, that's what <laughs> I wanted to hear. That's you know, yeah, it's, we talk I about. I think there's the already line. enough of them. I think there's already enough of them, and not enough opposition. You put together well, guys like me, Steve Carino, C.W. Anderson. Extreme horsemen, guys know what we're doing. We go in there and we break the young bucks in half. Uh, take Adam Cole out to the woodshed a couple of times. Who is, okay, in Ring of Honor right now, obviously you'd love to work with Carino and Anderson, and I think you would fit good. Extreme horsemen is a, you know, that you would fit in great yeah, with that. Skyler's another one that they have in the extreme horsemen I'd love to work with. Uh who is somebody single wise that you would like to have a program with right now? If you could pick anybody on there, I know you know you, Adam Cole's got the heavyweight belt, but who is anybody on that roster that you'd like to have a program with to start off with? Bobby Fish, right? Television champion Bobby Fish. Television I champion. Yeah. Really enjoy his work, his submission style. I think uh, I think he and I would tangle up pretty good. I think that would be a, a good matchup there, and that would be an awesome, awesome match. Uh, we talked earlier, me and you talked earlier today about how Ring of Honor is coming up. You know, the, the TV's coming up with it. It's on syndication right now, and, it, you know, it could be, you know, who knows. If it keeps going like this, maybe they'll get a night or primetime slot, but you've got tag team. The tag team scene is pretty awesome right now. you got the Young Bucks. Oh, yeah. you got Addiction. you got the uh, – the Mother Cities guys, so you're good there. But and it seems like, you know, you got the Briscoes that tag from time to time, but they're more singles now. But it seems like the singles is now catching up with the tag, and I really think Ring of Honor is going to make a big jump in this next year. And it's all about what's going to make the the product even better today is about competition. When WWE doesn't have any competition. The the product is not really good. I mean, it's 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 all right, but it's better when you've got competition up there. And I'm all about seeing Ring of Honor TNA compete with WWE because right. Ring of Honor does more. They're more about like what the Crockett era used to have. They're more about the wrestling, not the flash. They're more about the wrestling. That's what I really enjoy more than anything. I agree. Uh, I think. I think the way that Vince McMahon's strategy is, anybody that starts to become uh, 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 such a personality that it looks like it's going to start blowing gates open for Ring of Honor, he takes it. 
you know, and, uh, uh, Dan, Danielson and, and uh, Owens and Tyler Black and anybody that, that you know just seems like they just get an offer they can't refuse and they go and they go off top. But nobody's blaming them, obviously, for going no, for the money. No, definitely back. not. But it's just that's how Vince holds on to his monopoly. I mean, when WCW got brought out, dude, it crushed me because all my yeah. life growing up in, in Virginia. All I saw, well, I saw all, all wrestling, but WCW, NWA to WCW, that's exactly where I wanted to be. There was no yeah. hands or fuss about it. I didn't want to wrestle Earthquake. I didn't want to wrestle Avalanche. I didn't want to wrestle uh, the Beverly Brothers. I wanted to wrestle uh, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, the Midnight Express, Arn and Tully, Ric Flair, you know, those Lex Luger, any of them. Well, that's, that, you know, that's, that's exactly how I feel, uh, like I said, my first memories of wrestling was 11:30 on Saturday night, watching Bob Cottle and Johnny Weaver call, or and and 12 o'clock watching Tony Schiavone and David Crockett call, and I was hooked on that because it was you know it was intense, it was wrestling, and I mean I did enjoy WWF back then, but I was I'm always to this day, and I still will be a Crockett guy. Uh, WCW guy, but uh, you know, it, it it was like I was the same way. It crushed me when they got rid of WCW. Yeah. Well, the problem and, and is sh- shameless, shameless plug. October the fifteenth, uh, myself and big time <laughs> Mike Booth are reforming the old school empire and taking on the Rock and Roll Express in New Kent, Virginia, for the vacant Mid Atlantic Tag Team Championship. Now I saw that. I saw that actually on uh, I don't know what social medium that was, but and what yeah, and when is that again? Championship wrestling. That is October the fifteenth. October the fifteenth. Is this the first time you went against the, the Rock and Roll Express? Is this the first I've time you've wrestled Ricky Morton? I've never wrestled Robert Gibson. Right. Yeah. And I've tagged okay. with Ricky Morton. So wow. that's got to be that's... kind of a dream come true for you, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because we're, we're we're Andersons, you know. We we wrestle like Andersons. So to be able to go against the Rock and Roll Express for us is just yeah, that's huge. Okay, okay. I'm gonna ask you this question: Was Ricky Morton Ricky Morton the greatest seller of all time? No, Ricky Steamboat is. Steamboat. Okay. You know, Steamboat Morton, Morton Morton is right on his heels as far as selling right, yeah. I'm telling yeah, cause, uh, you, you listen to some of the stories and, and Morton, you know, that Cornette tells and Morton had these these people in certain audiences so keyed up about how he was getting beat up sometimes that they were, you know, Midnight Express were lucky to get out of there alive. So, you know, uh, I'll, I'll have to go, I'll have to say Steamboat. Steamboat sold a whole lot, not a whole lot more. Like I'd say Morton was right on his heels too. All right, folks, uh, if you're just joining us, we're with the pain train, Preston Quinn, fresh off his Ring of Honor debut, and he's here live with us on Brawl for All weekly pro wrestling podcast. Of course, on October the 15th, I said you're re- I think you said you're reforming the old empire and going to be going against the Rock and Roll Express. Where is that again? New Kent, you said? New Kent, Virginia. Yep, New Kent High School. New Kent Where, uh, they're gonna have they're gonna have uh, the rock and rolls are gonna be there. Uh, I know they got like an autograph thing. They got uh, the mass superstar is gonna be there. Um, beautiful Bobby Eaton's gonna be there. Wow! They've quite, yeah, they've got quite a line well, up there to sign autographs. Well, speaking of the mass superstar, didn't you do a stint with teaming up with him as the mass superstars? I was, I was, I was mass superstar number two. And and again, like if if 
you go by my main influences, he is one of them. Rick Flair, Bobby Eaton, Fast Superstar, Arn Anderson, and Barry Windham, if I could name five, would probably wow. kind of route me out. Uh, but, yes, Bill Eaton, the Mad Superstar, is where I get uh, I, a lot of my Matt wrestling aggressiveness, uh, snapmares, and the way that I do chin locks, different things like that come from him. Uh, when I do submissions, it's not to a body part. It's usually the Cobra Clutch because of him. Right. And a lot of my clotheslines, a lot of times I'll do a sit-down clothesline because of him. And uh, just, I, I just thought him and the Super Destroyer were fantastic. I love I love Superstar. Uh, I liked when he was in Demolition, but I love yeah. Master Star. That's what I was getting ready to say. You know, a lot of people don't realize, especially uh, – some of the younger guys don't realize who Mass Superstar was, that he went on to be one half of Demolition, probably one of the greatest tag teams WWF ever had. Uh, yeah. And they, they were they were first considered Road Warrior ripoffs, which, you know, and I know Vince was trying to get his own Road Warriors, but they quickly made a name for themselves and kind of kind of got away from, from the whole Road Warrior ripoff till, until the Road Warriors came to WWF. Yep. I think Demolition was a better, were, were better, they were better psychology wrestlers than the Road Warriors were. The Road Warriors were, you know, just over the top charisma and, and, and in your face. But Demolition overall, you were going to get better matches out of Demolition. All right. And I, I think what really, and I'm not sure, I've heard there was injuries, but when you bring a, you, they brought the third member, Crush, the third member of Demolition, I, I thought that kind of took away from, from Demolition there. And then, it wasn't long after that. That was the end of demolition. Yeah. They thought Bill Eady had a heart attack, uh, but he actually had an allergic reaction to crayfish. That's, um, that's exactly yeah. what I'm glad you So, Vince was scared at that point and threw Crush in there, and then him and Bill had somewhat of a falling out, and then kind of went downhill from there. All right, folks, the pain train, Preston Quinn. Uh, we want to look. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure if you know this, but this is our pilot episode, and uh, you know we're bringing on a lot of big talent here in the next few weeks. But I don't think we could have kicked it off with anybody stronger, fresh off his Ring of Honor debut. The Pain Train, Preston Quinn, going to be going against the Rock and Roll Express on October the 15th in New Kent, Virginia. Uh, before that, the week before, he'll be at Rage Wrestling's World Championship Tournament. He'll be going head to head with Caprice Coleman on October 8th in Lasker. Uh, The pain train, we're glad to have you tonight. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, You got anything else you want to say before you go? Uh, Just, yeah, I can run down where my appearances are going to be at. Um, Yeah, please. I got, uh, like you said, Caprice Coleman on October the 8th, uh, Rock and Roll Express October the 15th in New Kent, Virginia. October the 22nd, I'll be wrestling in York County, Virginia for Fusion Wrestling. Uh, October the 28th, I'll be in... uh, Schubert, North Carolina, for my debut with um, Steve Carino's company, uh, PWF. Uh, And then October the 29th will be my first television taping in Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, for Ring of Honor. So, and and what date is that? Baltimore appearance. Baltimore is October the 28th, the first TV taping. I'll be there for four weeks of television, and then I'll be in. Philadelphia, December the 4th for the next TV taping for Ring of Honor. So they look like they've got some plans for me. Yeah, that, that definitely looks like that way. And I want to say this. Four weeks. 
They've got plans for you. I want to tell you too. Um, You said October the 29th in Hubert, North Carolina. I'm here to tell you that I live about 20 minutes from there, and I will see you that night. October the 28th (laughs) is Hubert, North Carolina. October 28th. I'm sorry, Friday night, October 28th. Well, yeah, there will be a uh, yeah. I will be I'll be heavily involved with some stuff going on there. It's going to be a big deal that night. It's going to that night's going to leave some ramifications for my my career. So, well, um, yeah, wow. I'd like for people to see that. Well, I will be there. I will be there. Yeah, because I live uh, I live 20 minutes from Hubert, North Carolina. So um, I will definitely be there Friday, October 28th. And I'm very familiar with Steve Carino's promotion. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. The pain train, Preston Quinn. Thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it here on Brawl for All. All right. Have a good night, gentlemen. All right. You, you too. Good now. luck, buddy. All right. Bye. That was the pain train, Preston Quinn, and we were happy to have him on air tonight. I'll tell you, he has, Steve, he has quite the story in the wrestling business. I mean, he's a guy who has been around for really oh, yeah. quite some time, and but it, but it's, it's, it's odd because a lot of people, particularly at his age, are typically beginning to transition kind of you know downward in their career where he's taking the complete opposite path. He's, he's heading up. He's he's going upward. I mean, I. When I did my research on him, you know, couldn't believe he debuted in 1996. But uh, that kind of took me by surprise because I figured he was, he was, you know, he does not look like a 40 year old. Uh, definitely does no. not look like he's in his 40. He looks like an up and comer. And I think, uh, just like you said, he's going the opposite of, of down. He's definitely going up. He's getting his foot in the door at Ring of Honor. And it sounds like when you got Ring of Honor willing to do four weeks of TV for you. Yeah, it sounds like they've got big plans for you. Well, it sounds like he's going to do four weeks in Maryland, and it sounds like just after that he's going to do another four. I'm assuming another taping of however long, but he's, some capacity yeah, he's going in Philly. Another taping there, so that you know that's five at least five tapings there. That's that's pretty awesome news for him. I think he's he's definitely going in the right direction, and uh, people need to keep an eye on Ring of Honor wrestling on TV. You'll definitely see the pain train. Well, and that's kind of the thing, you know, you, were, you, you, you guys were talking about how, uh, you know, back in, I mean, before 2001, WWF at the time was considerably a better product. And then, you know, when WCW got bought out, it was still some time until we saw TNA come around or the NWA TNA promotion that eventually right. became TNA, that eventually became Impact Wrestling and apparently eventually might become something else here soon. But it's been some time. Uh, since we've we've been in an era where there was solid competition, and uh, you've got to wonder, you've got, you got to kind of wonder looking, what that's yeah. going to do to the product. Yeah, you're looking about 15 years without, you know, TNA has has been nice, but it hadn't really competed. You know, they got they got some of the stars, and I I, I was kind of disappointed because they had some talent there, which was some of the older talent, but you know, you had a yep. Kurt Angle. You had a Sting, uh, and then you had the younger talent that they brought in there. You had an AJ Styles. You had Samoa Joe. Then they came in with Kevin Nash. They had Christian, uh, yep. you know, Beer Money, uh, probably mm-hmm. one of the, the most underrated tag teams you would ever see with Bobby Roode yeah. and James Storm. They were Storm. impressive, uh, James Storm. Yeah. I, I really think that WWE kind of dropped the ball when they didn't get uh, – they got Bobby Roode for NXT now, but James Storm kind of flirted with it. But I think he he came back home to TNA. I don't know what the 
the problem with whether it was his decision or their decision. But, you know, I think Vince has never been a big tag team fan. You know, he's you know they had their tag teams back in the mid-'80s, but he got away from it, said he wasn't a big fan of it. But I think tag team, there's, there's a place for big-time tag team wrestling, and a lot of people love to see that. You mean, you think about WCW, they had the Steiners, the Road Warriors, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, Arn and Tully, even go back to uh, Rude and Fernandez, stuff like that. You know, they had tag team wrestling. That made a big difference. But I, and I think if Vince would bring back tag team, the product would get a whole lot better. Yeah, I agree because even, you know, even recently, you know, you see that I mean, the, the tag team division, and they keep telling us they're trying to you know, pop it up. I mean, a lot of times they'll cut this promo and say, hey, we're trying to really – you know, pump up the tag team division. But we're really, I mean, I'll quite, be quite frank, WWE has left us kind of disappointed every time they've said that. And, uh, well, you know, these other, these other promotions that are pushing tag team wrestling, which I think is some of the most exciting matches you'll ever see, uh, it's just really disappointing to see the lead promotion in the world today kind of dropping the ball on the tag team division. And, and the thing is, when they kind of go in that direction and build up a tag team and build them up, Eventually, it's they're gonna break them up, you know. For, yep. You know, and it's not like it was in the old days where you the Midnight Express never, never broke up. The Rock and Roll mm-hmm. Express had their little thing when Robert Gibson got hurt, where they broke up. But yep. you know, these these guys go, they get a big six month push, and it's almost like, well, we're we're gonna have to break them up. But you know, uh, one of the one of the most disappointing things for me was when they broke the Steiners up. I was a big Steiner fan. And when oh, they yeah. broke the Steiners up and Scott went NWO, that was a big disappointment for me because uh, I just thought they were they were so great together, uh, one of the best of all time. Well, it's a fairly new concept, kind of like you just said. I mean, they never split up some of these tag teams. But, you know, even now, I, it seems like that every tag team to split up, to even look at the Shield and that faction that they had back in the oh, day yeah. just a few years ago. I mean, it was a really solid faction. It was a really good faction. But at the end of the day, they split it up, and every single one of those stars became somebody. And they're all mid, mid to high, you know, the main, mid-card to main event right now at the worst. And you kind of look at well, those guys and you think that, that the mentality that WWE has always seemed to have, at least Vince McMahon, has always had this mentality that once the tag team propels somebody up high enough to be a single star, then break it up because that's the whole point. When really, I think the fans kind of like the tag team division to stay as hot as it is. Well, you know, he he's... We say he's dropped the ball on a lot of things, on a lot of, you know, breaking up tag teams, but uh, I have to give him credit. I would have never thought if you broke the Rockers up that either one of them would have been the single star that Shawn Michaels was, probably one of the greatest yeah. workers of all time. And, you know, oh, yeah. if he'd have stayed in the Rockers, who knows what would have happened. But Vince knew what to, it was time for him to to be a single dresser, and you look at what it is. But that's not always going to work with a tag team. Yeah. Uh, well, you right. sit here and talk about it, and I look at you. You know, I'm thinking about it now. The Usos, you know, they they've been together for a while. But you talk you talking about the Shield. Uh, as of last, after last night, you realize all three members have held the world a world championship and the U.S. championship and the tag team championship. Well, Ambrose didn't ha- really have the tag team championship, but 
they've held the WWE title and the U.S. title now. So, you know, you can't – Vince does know his stuff, but I think he's kind of dropping the ball on this tag team. Yeah, I, but, you know, you you made a fine point about Shawn Michaels. I mean, that was one of the most uh, controversial, probably most memorable split-ups of all time. Um, putting put him uh, through the glass window, that was – Oh, yeah, we'll never yeah. forget that. And see, now, I, I didn't watch wrestling at that time. But I remember, I mean, I can even remember that, how iconic that was uh, just from watching, you know, past videos, the video library. Um, but I will, I'll tell you that, that that's a fine example there. And there's no doubt that Vince knows the business better than me. And there's certainly no doubt that, that, that Vince has been very successful in splitting up some tag teams and making them somebody. Uh, but you just got to think that, uh, you know, I think the fans in general really like the tag team division. And, um, you know, I know I do. And it's just nice to see when tag teams kind of are famous for being tag teams as opposed to that being kind of the, the first step. Exactly. Well, I'm a big we fan of tag team wrestling. Oh yeah, me too. And we want to talk a little bit about uh clash of champions last night where we got, because of our technical issues we had earlier, we got a little uh, diverted, but um, we were happy right. to have the pain train Preston Quinn join us tonight. Um, you, if you had, if you didn't get to hear his interview live, you definitely want to download uh, this podcast later on, but let's get on Clash of Champions last night. Uh, the uh, the first Raw exclusive pay per view since uh, they really took this new direction and split up the brands again. But matter of fact, before we get on Clash of Champions, how do you feel about this new brand split in WWE? They've done this before, and here they are back at it again. Well, I think it got to a point where you had all this talent. You really didn't. There was a lot of guys that could compete for world titles but weren't able to get a push, you know, it comes a time, you know, sometimes, uh, and I know this is before your time, back in the day with NWA, NWA had uh, the world heavyweight title. They had the television title. They had the U.S. belt. They had a uh, national belt. They had a mid-Atlantic belt. You had tag team belts. You had the national tag team belts. You had U.S. tag belts. That's a little too much, and I think at the yeah. time, with WWE had a little too much, but it got to a point where you got guys sitting back there on the back burner, like a Dolph Ziggler, uh, yep. you know, that really, you know, has come a long way since since being a member of the Spirit Squad. Yeah. Uh, got it contend for a belt. Uh, you know, there there was just a log jam, and I think it was probably the best move they could make. You know, you got NXT feeding into that too. You've got a guy like AJ Styles coming over. You know, you've had you had all of this talent. It's kinda of like when you have the dream team basketball, there's there's five guys that are potential or will all Hall of Famers. There's just not enough balls to spread around for everybody. And with yep. this, you know, I think Vince and Triple H kind of figured, well we need we need to have some belts for these guys to contend for, so let's split the brand up again. Um, yep. Not, I, I think it was a great move, uh, honestly, because these guys were getting really, really frustrated with not being able to contend for a title, or either not getting the push that they deserve. And now you've got two different brands where you can split them up, and, and guys are getting a push that really deserve it now. Well, I'm kind of with you because the last time they split the brand up, I thought it became pretty stale, to be honest. I mean, it was. It just seemed like every year was the draft, and it really didn't develop anything exciting. So this year, on the 19th of July, they did the draft, 
And for the first time in a very long time, I was actually excited about WWE. But more yeah. importantly, I don't remember the last time that I actively watched an entire episode of SmackDown until this new until this new uh, uh, split in the uh, brands. And I'll tell you, I mean, SmackDown's a quality show now. It's not the second tier show. It is it is compete. It's truly competing with Raw. And I think you're right. You've got a guy like Dolph Ziggler who I've long felt like should have had a shot at a long run with the world title. I mean, he, he is the future of wrestling. Wrestling is not about the big boys who weigh 500 pounds anymore. Uh, it's about the fit, athletic, fast, high-flying guys just as much as it is anybody else. And I don't think there's there, – there's a lot of hard workers in WWE, but a guy I like watching is Dolph Ziggler. And you look at him, and the guy is just not – I just don't think he's getting, you know, main event status anywhere near enough. And, and I think this bland – the brand split, I hope, will will kind of give him the opportunity, kind of like you're saying, because he certainly deserves it. Well, automatically, as soon as they do the brand split, you, who is contending for the title? But there's Ziggler getting getting yep. a shot at Ambrose. He had a mm-hmm. couple of shots at Ambrose, and now you look at him. He's got a program going with the Miz, which you know, uh, there's another guy. Love him or hate him, Miz is. You know, doesn't work as a baby face. He's a, you know, some guys that just don't work as a baby face. And That's right. Miz is one of those guys. Miz works better as a heel. Uh, one of those guys. And he's a great heel. Out. He is a great heel. Who would have ever thought <laughs> the guy from the real world would turn into one of the best heels in WWE? But obviously, oh, yeah. you know, last event I went to in Greenville, he fought uh, Cesaro. And there was five minutes before the match. But he did nothing but berate the crowd, and the crowd was so so into it about wanting to see him get beat. He had him on the edge of their seats, and I mean that's that's a quality heel there, no doubt about it. Well, talk about Cesaro. That's the guy I like yeah. watching too. And he went in a best of seven series with Sheamus, and the the seventh match, uh, of course, the best of seven series is going seven matches. And of course, last night the set, the seventh match happened at Clash of Champions. And it finishes in a no contest. Stevie, what's what's the logic behind that? I, I that right there, I do not understand. That's kind of like <laughs> uh, what they used to call, and I, I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. That's kind of like what they used to call the dusty finish. Uh, the dusty finish. Everybody knows who Dusty Rose was, oh, yeah. the American Dream, father of Cody and Gold Dust. Uh, mm-hmm. But Dusty was a booker. For, he was the head booker for the NWA back in the Crockett days, and it was nothing like seeing a championship match. Uh, one in particular, uh, Starcade '87, Road Warriors versus Arn and Tully in Chicago, the Road Warriors' hometown, and uh, the Road Warriors had never won the NWA tag team belts, and that was on the line. You look at the match; match comes down to the end. Of course, referee gets knocked out, knocked out of the ring. They're brawling in the ring. Tully gets flipped over the top rope, and back then, over the top rope was a disqualification. Well, the referee is not not evidently the referee was out of the ring. Uh, the road warriors keep you know another referee comes out. The road warriors do their doomsday device on Arn and pin him, and there's a big celebration in the ring. The road warriors won the tag belts. Wait a minute, the dusty finish. The referee outside the ring just happened to see Tully get flipped over the top rope. Disqualification. So that's 
I don't I don't know what they've got planned as far as the Cesaro Sheamus thing. I know they they said the referee called the match. Uh, no, I'm don't think it was. I think it was a work. They said they called it because they were worried one of them was hurt, but I think that was kind of a work because one oh, of the yeah. things they built up they built up through this whole best of seven was how aggressive and how physical these guys. They wanted these guys to be. Mick Foley wanted to see that. And what they've got planned for, maybe they'll have the seventh match uh, at the next pay-per-view. I don't know. I don't. I hope they don't wait that long because I think, I think that was kind of a disappointment to, to people watching last night. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, you know, because that's, that's a match that people have really – I think people have really enjoyed that series because that's something you just don't see a lot of. And I'll tell you, I mean, you know, to pay that much money for a ticket to see an event like that <laughs> – if that match happens on Raw or SmackDown, you know, I'm pretty irritated if I attended Clash of Champions last night. Exactly. Uh, you yeah. know, you you want to. They've built this up for however the last month or so, as everything would come to a conclusion at the Best of Seven series when that was over. So they leave you hanging again, and uh, you know, I know it's kind of you. You kind of want to keep people enticed and keep on, but a uh, Best of Seven series, it kind of. It kind of makes you well. You're seeing the same thing over and over again. Uh, you know, this is this is where it needs to come. We're going to see something big in the best of seven, the seventh match here. It's coming down to the end. Winner takes all, and then you have a no contest. Uh, you know, I think they they really dropped the ball on that match. Yeah. Now talking about, and I'll tell you. Now I don't want to sound critical because let me tell you. So for you take a step back to the SmackDown pay per view that just occurred, WWE Backlash. And I'm here to tell you, I in no way expected Vince McMahon to put the belt on a guy who finished number one in the PWI Top 500 Wrestlers just years ago with another promotion. AJ Styles becoming the WWE World Heavyweight Champion at Backlash completely threw me for a loop. And I got to give him credit. That That was an experience I did not expect that night. But well, what happened last night? Well, let's talk about that first. Let's talk about that. AJ Styles wearing the WWE Mr. World Heavyweight Belt. Mr. TNA for, you know, stuck with TNA yeah. all these years. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you look at Vince's track record with bringing guys over like a like a Flair. When Flair came to WWE the first time, when it was WWF in 91. That's like, right. Uh, you know, you had Goldberg. Uh, you had, uh, I, you know, they were the only two that really stuck out that that he put the belt on that came over that were kind of the the champions in WCW, and yeah. I think those two, you know, with Goldberg, I think Vince had hit a, like you said, there was no competition with WCW then. Goldberg was one of those that had the big contract with Time Warner and mm-hmm. was getting paid more money to stay at home. Till his contract ran out, then then to get, go with WWE at the time. So when he brought Goldberg in, I think that was just kind of you know put the belt on him. It was kind of just to to get a little little bit of shot in the arm, you know. To, and and Flair, there was no way if when Flair came over that he could not put the belt on Flair. Uh, but you look at yeah, you look nah. at a Dusty Rhodes. You look at Dusty Rhodes when Dusty Rhodes came over from from the old NWA, uh, what do you do to Dusty? He puts polka dots on Dusty and 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 gives him a, this outlandish 
music and stuff and tried to, you know, tried his best to make a joke out of Dusty, but Dusty ended up making it work. Uh, but, you know, yeah, totally shocked to see Mr. TNA, AJ Styles, get the belt like he did. Uh, you know, that's just something that Vince has, stay, has, has tried to stay away from. If anything, you know, he tried to make him, especially in the 80s, he tried to make guys coming over look as ridiculous. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with a, there's a wrestler that came over from the NWA back in the, in the late 80s who was a really good technical wrestler named Terry Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, he yep. he turned Terry Taylor into a, the Red Rooster, made him part of, have a mohawk. Uh, he had his long hair like a mullet, but he had a the hair in the middle sticking up and had that dyed red, so it looked like a chicken. So you know <laughs> that that was Vince's forte back then. Uh, but you know, like I'm like you, I, a guy asked me the day before, have I got any predictions for backlash? And I said, well. AJ Styles will definitely not win the belt that night, but you know that proves to proves to you how much I know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. You know, you always hear Triple H say it's what's best for business. Well, you know, you can tell me what you want, but Vince McMahon is not always worried about what's best for business because sometimes Vince just takes it personal. I mean, there's no doubt well, about that. Nobody can say Vince doesn't have an ego. Uh, Vince, and with good reason, you know, he he yeah. built this company up, uh, you know, he took it over from his dad and, and really built it up to a major, major company. Uh, That's right. But that ego sometimes oversees what, what's best for business, kind of cancel out what's best for business with Vince. And I think Triple H, you know, being in the ring and being on, he's seen, he's, he was in WCW, he knows. You know, you got to do what's best for business, especially you don't want want it to become stale. And since Triple H has took over, you know, yeah, they don't have any competition right now. TNA is and Ring of Honor. Are, Ring of Honor is really coming up. I mean, I can't say enough yeah. about Ring of Honor. But yeah, they are. Uh, you know, Triple H is is, is seeing we got you know WCW was on top of the Monday Night Wars one time. They got a little stale and got a little lackadaisical. And you see where they're at now. So, you know, I think Triple H is looking, trying to look out for business and looking out for the future of WWE. Well, let me chat with you about this a little bit because, you know, and I got to say, the fact that Vince put AJ Styles over, look, I'm clapping my hands for the guy. I mean, this is, I'm, not, I'm not being critical at all. He made a good move. And I, didn't, I told you before that in our talks, I didn't expect it to happen that quickly. But I kind of no. expected at some point AJ Styles was going over, but they put him over at Backlash, and I got to give credit where credit's due. But here's something talking about AJ Styles that I had just got to ask. I got I got into wrestling a long time ago, and I kind of got out of wrestling uh, for a while in the mid 2000s. But I wow. got back into it around 2008 and nine when The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels went head to head in two back to back WrestleManias, which I do believe are two of the greatest matches that have ever been put on, particularly WrestleMania. No doubt about five. it. Yeah, uh, no the greatest match ever put on in, in WWE in wrestling history. But I got back into it really hard about the time that TNA started making this push to bring in those big names you were talking about earlier. And I don't think there's a bigger name in the wrestling business than Hulk Hogan. Hogan, Flair, right. Nash, all these guys you were talking about earlier came on to TNA back in, 
I want to say it was uh, early, I think it was the first January 2010 when all that kicked off. And, right. uh, and they made their first television appearances. But I, and I got to tell you, I love these promotions like Ring of Honor that put the focus on up and coming stars and make it work. But, Steve, please tell me, what is TNA doing right now? I mean, they've got some. They've got the broken Matt Hardy thing working, but other than that, oh yeah, what is going on? Uh, you know, it, with TNA scene, and I, you know, I was really excited when TNA come along, and they're really excited. I said, here we go, we're gonna have something, something different, and it's gonna, you know, everything with Jarrett in charge at the time. This was gonna be the the new NWA. It's gonna be like the old days again, but TNA would take. One step forward and two steps back. Uh, they 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 didn't stick with you know a lot of t- and it's still a problem to this day is storylines they don't stick with storyline. You could have a guy that was a baby face getting ready to get in a monster feud with with a heel one week, and the next week he's turning heel and teaming up with a guy he was getting ready to get into a big feud with. Uh, you know something. You know they they've got to stick with storylines better. But like you said. The whole broken Matt Hardy uh, and delete uh, Jeff Hardy is now obsolete. Uh, the delete of the case angle they've got going with the, the tag team the K of this and Crazy Steve, they've got that going. And I think anything right now Matt Hardy does with the broken angle is really working. Uh, enough yeah. where Triple H has taken notice, and there's a lot of talk about Matt Hardy bringing his broken character to WWE in the spring when his when his contract runs out and it's kind of like about earlier Vince's Vince's whole thing is when he sees somebody or making a, a big headway in Ring of Honor or TNA that that could possibly put them on the map he just makes them an offer they can't refuse like we talked about last night the New yep. York Yankees uh, you know the Yankees was kind of not having the best years. Here lately, but you remember how they were in the in the nineties and in the, the oh, two thousand yeah. era. They were, you know, how many guys did they have that were that were brought up through the farm system? Derek Jeter was the only one. They see a guy on another team like a Kansas City Royals, and they give my offer he couldn't refuse. And that's what that's Vince right. does does here. You know, if he Daniel Bryan, uh, like you said earlier, Kevin Owens, uh, Kyle Black, which is I believe that's Seth Rollins now. So mm-hmm. um, you, you look at what Vince does. Vince just said, well, if you're going to be – if this is going to be a threat to us, we'll just get rid of that threat by bringing him over to us. And, you know, I would love to see TNA and try to make it work, but I can totally understand that that's what he's been wanting to do, to get back to WWE for a while. Uh, but there is one exception that I've seen to the whole – Triple H, and, and if you get into the, the rumors and the message boards and look a lot, uh depends on who you believe. Uh, there's a tag team in Ring of Honor right now, the Young Bucks. Oh, yeah. Probably one of the most talented tag teams I've seen in a long time. I mean, they're the, yep. they're the 2010-era version of the Rock and Roll Express or the, or the Rockers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're a lot cockier than than. Than, than those guys. I mean, they they got a lot of cockiness to them, but they put on a great match. And a lot of talk in the last year or so about WWE made them an offer. Depends on who you believe. Uh, 
I thought it was funny that the Young Bucks went on Twitter and, and actually turned down, said they had turned down an offer from WWE, and WWE denied it after that. But it just depends on who you believe. But uh, that's that's the exception to the rule that I've heard the Young Bucks staying and sticking with Ring of Honor for right now at least and sticking with, you know, they do a lot of New Japan wrestling too, or IWGP wrestling, excuse me. They do that. So, uh, you know, that's the exception to the rule so far with the Evil Empire uh, theory that the WWE does. Well, the Young Bucks actually wrestled in TNA about the time I was um... – Really enjoying it, um, and I, I don't think they went. Actually, I know they didn't go by the uh, the Young Bucks, but um, but I'll tell you, they they were a lot of fun to watch, and uh, they still well, are just you, as impressive as they were. Yeah, if you watch them now in Ring of Honor, they've got a you know they've had a, a big big thing going with uh, addiction, which is Daniels and Kazarian who were in TNA. Uh, right. Great tag team there. They, these guys know how to work, and then you got. Oh, yeah. Another old TNA tag team, the Motor City Machine Guns. You know that yep. they had. They're, they're supposed Chris to be doing Stevenson a. Exactly. I yep. had yep. the privilege of seeing them in person one night at a TNA pay per view. That was one of. That was a great match. They they really put on a show, and you put those three together in the ring at the same time, which I think was what Ring of Honor is getting ready to do at the next pay per view, if they haven't already done it. Uh, that's that's a that's going to be a great match. Yep, and uh, I will say that, uh, you know, in all the things we talk about TNA, just kind of <laughs> taking one step forward and two steps back, like you put it, Ring of Honor, exact opposite. I mean, they are the up-and-coming promotion right now. There is no doubt about that, and they're doing it right. Ring of Honor, right. you got you look at the tag teams in Ring of Honor right now, you, you've got the Young Bucks, you got Addiction, you've got uh, – Motor City Machine Guns, you've got War Machine. I mean, you, there's a lot of talent in Ring of Honor right now. It's just it's just a lot of people are, like, not really giving it a chance yet. But, you know, give it a chance. I, I guarantee you, if you like wrestling, you'll like Ring of Honor. Yep, you better believe it. You better believe it. And I'll, and I'll tell you, folks, um, just want to remind everybody that uh, this is a special 90-minute edition uh, pilot episode of Brawl for All. I'm your host, Lance Jenkins. We're live with lead pro analyst Stevie Fly, who is bringing it down tonight with the news and the, uh, the interview, <laughs> of course, with Preston Quinn. Really a, a fine job there. So I want to have this segment now, uh, Stevie, to kind of talk about the latest rumors in the wrestling business, really across promotions. Um, and uh, we'll do this segment every week. It's called Thumbs Up or Thumbs Down. And Stevie, I want you to kind of tell me what you think. These are the latest rumors in the wrestling business. So let's start with this. Rumor came out within the last five to six days, WWE interested in buying TNA. Now, thumbs up, obviously, is if you think it's true, or thumbs down if you think it's false. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Is WWE really interested in buying TNA? Uh, thumbs down. Uh, I, I don't think they're they're really interested in it. I think it's uh, hearsay. Uh, you know, the only way they would buy it, I'd, I'd hate to see it happen. Uh, I think that's thumbs down. I'm definitely going thumbs down. All right. Um, how about this? This is a rumor that came out, I'd say. And they've kind of been talking about this for, I want to say, about two to three weeks seriously now. And mm-hmm. what kind of drummed it up was the fact that Bill Goldberg was initially supposed to go into Indianapolis this weekend and do a podcast interview with uh, Eric Bischoff. 
And, of course, that actually did not happen. But a lot of people were thinking, okay, suspiciously, he's headed to Indianapolis. A lot of people thought he might be making a return to the WWE with the video game push right now. Um, and he would be doing it at Clash of Champions. Obviously, that did not happen. I don't think either one of us expected that to happen. But let's get down to right. it. Is Goldberg coming back to WWE? I'm going thumbs up. Uh, you know, you put the – if you look at the last – I mean, I think it was going to happen anyway because, it was, you know, Twitter, you look at Goldberg's Twitter, uh, one of the comments made was never say never. Uh, then it was wheels are in motion. And, you know, with the video game tie-in, you look at last year, I think, or the year before last, the tie-in with Sting. Sting ended up coming. Uh, I think it's definitely setting up for Goldberg to return to WWE. All right, so the question is, in your mind, who do they, what, mm-hmm. what do they have him doing? Who do they have him working against? What do you see? Well, I, 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 I'm guaranteeing they'll have him work with Lesnar. And I, whether that's a mistake or not, everybody remembers the last match he had in WWE was oh, yeah. against Lesnar at WrestleMania, and that was a big stinker of a match because everybody knew Goldberg was on the way out and Lesnar was on the way out. So the only way they WWE figured they could get in it was to have Stone Cold be the guest referee. And probably the best part of the match was at the end when when Stone Cold ended up giving the stunner to both Goldberg and Lesnar. So uh, to hear the crowd that night, you know, you, you could tell if you get a chance to go back and watch the video of that, that was the crowd knew how how much a stinker of a match it was. And uh, that that's everything I'm hearing right now. I can't see who else he would probably match up with. Uh, that, for, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long a long-term deal with, with Goldberg. I think it's going to be maybe like a, a two or three, maybe a build-up of like six months, and and he'll be at WrestleMania against Lesnar. Or or, or it could be another match, a Lesnar and some other folks in a match. You know, we've talked about that too. Okay. Let me ask you this. Goldberg returns at Survivor Series. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Hmm. I'd say thumbs up. That's you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a you know I I, I kind of had my doubts about Clash of Champions simply because it what you have like a four major pay per views WWE does and yep. and that's that's cross brand this is a that Survivor Series will be the next cross brand pay per view, uh, where you know Raw and SmackDown are both there so I think that's a bigger event in WWE's mind. And that's, I think that would be the one where he would come back at. And that would give a good uh, six-month build-up to WrestleMania, too. I think so. I think so. Now, talking about WrestleMania 20, which is what you were referring to when Goldberg took on right. Brock Lesnar, Stone Cold uh, was a special guest referee, Madison Square Garden, if I remember correctly, um, in 2004. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you, um, I want to ask you this. That was also a very special night for me as a wrestling fan because I remember very clearly, that was the night that we saw the return of the old Undertaker. And, of course, he's been here in that form since then as the dead man. So, Undertaker, right. does he wrestle? He, let's say this. Undertaker wrestles his last match next year at WrestleMania. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. 
Yeah, you I think, think it's time. I, you know, I I think it's time. Uh, and you know, just doing one one match every year and doing the WrestleMania, I can understand. You know, he's he's paid his dues with WWE, and for them to let him do that, that's great. And everybody looks forward to now seeing the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Uh, but yeah. you know, the past few years with I'm not sure what kind of problems he's having, but after after matches, when you see him passing out, you know, reports of being carried to the hospital and kept in the hospital overnight for observation after matches. So uh, I'll, I'll give him credit, though. He did stay with WWE a little bit longer this time after this WrestleMania. He did a program with the Wyatts after that. But yep. uh, I think it's time, it's time for, for his last match. And, you know, WWE should definitely do him right. And I'm hoping what what you you're you're leading into something else that's going to be a thumbs up and thumbs down. And I, I'll let you lead into that before I go any <laughs> further. Well, let the record show that you have not seen my notes, but you're exactly right. Um, that is exactly what I'm leading into. In fact, if you're watching the video version right now, I want you to take a look at where I have my. <laughs> I've got these old action figures up here, and I've got Sting and the Undertaker right next to each other. So Vince McMahon. Right. If you're watching this, please take note. The world wants Sting versus The Undertaker. Are we going to see the two men in the same ring next year at WrestleMania in Orlando? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, I'm hoping. I'm really, really hoping. I wish this would have happened. You know, Sting, you got to give the man credit. Loyalty and a little bit of fear uh, because of what we talked about earlier with how Vince treated guys that came over from other promotions. I mean, Sting has went on record and said that, that he he really was scared of what Vince would do with his character. Uh, Sting, everybody knows, his match with Seth Rollins uh, at Night of Champions, he was turnbuckle bombed and, and had a neck problem. And Sting's been out ever since. You know, he did his Hall of Fame induction and said, you know, he was officially retired at night, but I'm going to check in from time to time. And if you watch uh, the Legends show JBL does with Interview with Sting, there was talk about his neck injury and talk about surgery. Sting said, well, I've held off on surgery because I've talked to some folks here and there. And, and the next question was, would neck surgery end your career? And Sting said, yeah, that would pretty much do it. He said, And JBL, you know, JBL, give him credit. He's a good interviewer. He goes right to the point. Are you holding out hope for another match? and maybe a match with Undertaker. And, of course, you know, Sting says, yeah, I'd love to have a match with Undertaker. Of course, that would be, you know, you'd love to have seen it uh, 20 years ago. And a lot of people that don't follow it closely don't realize Sting almost appeared at WrestleMania, I believe it was WrestleMania 18. A deal was in the works for him to fight Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 18. But parties started disagreeing a couple weeks before and didn't happen. Uh, you know, Sting kind of got cold feet again, and he just backed away from it. But still say Sting versus Undertaker, just like you look at like Sting versus Triple H at WrestleMania. A lot of people enjoyed that. You saw the Monday Night Wars really come to a head there. Uh, but Sting versus Undertaker would really trump Sting versus Triple, Triple H. Well, and, and let me ask you this one last question about Sting versus right. Undertaker, which, by the way, 
any wrestling fan out there who thought for one second that Sting was going to get a clean win over Triple H at <laughs> WrestleMania 31, they that, they had another thing coming. That was never going yeah, to happen. He, and that's a fine that case was, in point right there that Vince McMahon was not about to put Sting over Triple H. I would say this. If that had happened, that would have been just because Triple H wanted to put Sting over. Uh, and that and would only make, because of that. He, that would uh, be the only reason that Triple yeah. H decided he wanted to put him over, and Vince would have been furious about it. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. But, uh, now, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. And and you've got the guy that's the son-in-law or the head of the company. He's not going to lose to Mr. WCW or Mr. Yeah. NWA. You know, that's just wasn't going to happen. And you got to have a, a level of respect for Sting. I mean, he's the one oh. guy we can say, hey, he he stayed true to what he thought was his origins, you know, and and he did not let and he didn't he didn't let anything get in the way of I'm not coming to WWE until I want to come to WWE. He didn't get bought out. You got to give him credit where credit's due. Well, if you look at at you know, and the amount of money, and I'm sure Sting is is pretty well off. But the amount of money he could have made in merchandising with the, oh, yeah. the big merchandising machine that is WWE, what is WCW, uh, one story he told that I've heard him tell it a couple of times was that at this big media convention, I, I, I don't remember where it was at, but he was with WCW at the time. And you look, and he said, I remember walking in, and he said, first of all, you know, that we don't really have first-class accommodations. He said, which that wasn't a problem. He said, and usually when you have somebody that's that's famous going into one of these conventions, you go in a back door. He said, they put me through right through the crowd. I walked through the crowd and had to deal with that. Uh, then the closer I get to my booth, I hear WWE, Mean Gene Oakland, when he was still with WWE, which was WWF back then, they had a big ring. And they had guys in the ring talking all this. And I look over in my little corner. I have a handwritten, I have a little podium with a handwritten piece of paper that says Sting on it. He said, and I knew right then, and he said, I'm going home. And, you know, uh, WCW didn't really know how to merchandise a lot of people. They got better during the Bischoff years because that was pretty much his forte. But back then, yeah. there was no merchandising with WCW. Uh, it was, no. And the amount of money he gave up there, um, you know, how many times he could have been. And, and I love Sting. I mean, Sting was one of my oh, favorite yeah. wrestlers of all time. Just because he stuck to his guns and stuck with, with the NWA. Mm-hmm. He stayed with TNA when they, they were struggling too until he finally, you know, mm-hmm. he figured this is my chance and uh, went over. But, you know, a little bit late in his career. But And you would love to see you know, Sting versus uh, The Undertaker in 99 or in 2001 when the whole merger went over. Uh, they really dropped the ball with that whole takeover of WCW. They should have had a WCW versus in, uh, versus WWE thing. But, you know, with Time Warner's contract situation, they, they made more money staying home. So yep. that really messed everything up there. Well, let's get back to Ring of Honor, Rage Wrestling, et cetera, because we're wrapping up here. We've got about seven minutes left on the show tonight, folks. We thank right. you for joining us. 
on this um, special 90-minute pilot episode of Brawl for All. Uh, Lance Jenkins, of course, is me, and I'm with Stevie Fly. Um, and we're, we're wrapping up the show now. A couple more things to talk about in the Thumbs Up or Down segment. Let's get to Rage Wrestling. On October the 8th, Lasker, North Carolina, will be the most happening place on the East Coast that night, folks. I'm telling you, eight action-packed <laughs> matches. Rage Wrestling live at the Northeast Academy Gym in Lasker, and it starts at 7 o'clock p.m. You can get your tickets, actually, on RageWarriors.com if you don't have them already. But the highlight opening round match is between two Ring of Honor stars, Preston Quinn and Caprice Coleman. So here it is right here. Thumbs up or down. Preston Quinn will do what he says and defeat Caprice Coleman in the first round. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a tough one there because there are two, two – <laughs> You get a call from him afterwards. He was listening. <laughs> I, yeah, I know Preston. Preston, you're probably listening to me right now. But yeah. uh, you know, I, you know what? I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Preston wins. I'm gonna go with the with the old Arn Anderson deal. I think he, you know, he'll work on one body part. You know, maybe he'll work on Caprice's leg, and and you know, that that would be my strategy there to try to ground him, try to keep him. On the ground, and and I'm gonna go. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against what everybody probably thinks because he's the big name on the poster, and I know everybody said, well, he's gonna win the title just because he's the big name on the poster. But I'm going Preston Quinn with the upset on, in round one. I, I like you a lot of thinking. I think it's going. I think a lot of people are gonna assume that Caprice wins that match because he's uh, you know he's obviously the highlight uh, of the uh, of of the of the night. But I'll tell you, um, I've seen and you've seen Preston Quinn wrestle, and uh, yeah, I think he's got what it takes uh, to do exactly what well, he said I, in that interview. And and I'm going on record saying I'm not saying this because I'm I'm worried about what Preston will do to me the next time he speaks. I'm going <laughs> on what I saw, what I saw in the ring, this last match, his match for Dirty Money, like I said, match of the night, and I definitely think he's got what it takes to win this tournament. Well, despite the fact that whatever happens, I can tell you right now, there is no doubt in my mind that Preston Quinn versus Caprice Coleman in the first round of the Rage World Championship Tournament will be a match to be remembered. There's no doubt about that. All right, let me ask you this. We're wrapping up here in a little under four minutes. Here's the next. Uh, here's the last of the thumbs up or down segment. Stevie, mm-hmm. Preston Quinn eventually wins the Ring of Honor World Title. Ooh. I think that could eventually be a thumbs up. Uh, you know, he's got a good story with him coming coming in late. But I mean, you know, we'll we'll have to see how what kind of push they give him. I think he's got the talent for it, and from what he said, they've got big plans for him. Uh, anything can happen at any given yep. time, and if he if if these guys like what they see, and they give him the right push, I think. Pr- as talent-wise, do I think he's got what it takes? Yes, definitely. Uh, do I think he can compete with Adam Cole for the belt? Definitely. There's anybody on that roster, the Jay Lethals, the the yeah. the Briscoes, uh, the the Fish. I mean, the TV champion that he was talking about earlier. I think he can definitely compete with any of these guys. He's got the talent to do it. So I will go a thumbs up again, and you know. Like I said, not saying this because I'm scared of what wrestling's going to do to me. Oh, sure, sure. I would definitely, you know, and 
heel or baby face, you know, Preston's got that, that charisma. That just, just like Arn, uh, I am definitely, even when Arn was a bad guy, yep. uh, which was probably some of his best work when he was a heel. But mm-hmm. that's somebody that you want to pull for, because he's blue collar. He's he's a hard working guy. He's the one that 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 takes the shots and and uh, you know that's that's what stuck out with me with Preston. I really became a a Preston Quinn fan that night. Last question for you, um, real quickly. We're running out of time. Is thumbs up or thumbs down? Stevie Fly will be a downloadable character in WWE 2K17. <laughs> Two thumbs up. Yeah, I will. You know. <laughs> After after some of the comments I've made about Vince tonight, I don't think I'll be able to go to a WWE event. They'll probably have a picture of me. <laughs> Please don't post my picture on there because Vince will, might have my picture taken up and say, do not let this guy in any event. Uh, uh, and, you know, despite despite everything I said, say about Vince, I'll be watching Raw tonight. I watch it every week. Uh, I watch SmackDown. I love watching the wrestling. And, and you know, but... You know, I've watched enough and and seen enough. I think that I, you know, my opinion is just like yeah. everybody else's. Everybody's got them, but uh, I think uh, I could really see uh, Stevie Fly as a downloadable character in WWE. <laughs> I can see that. I think it'll be a Christmas release. Well, Stevie, appreciate you joining us tonight. Of course, you'll be with us again. Next week, I want to tell you real quickly about what to expect next week. Uh, we will give a official preview of the Rage Wrestling World Championship Tournament set for October 8th, and our special guest will be Benjamin Banks. And, folks, if you want to see the major main event of the night, don't tune in to Monday Night Raw, folks. I'm telling you, it has the proportions to be an Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson matchup, <laughs> Donald Trump, and Hillary Clinton tonight. Oh, Lord. if we'll so- see... Some ear biting. Don't rule it out, folks. Stevie, thanks for joining us. That's all tonight for Brawl for All. We'll see you next Monday night, 7 o'clock p.m., right here on blogtalkradio.com. Thank you, Lance. Stevie, good job. Thank you, bud. Good job to you, too. That was that was awesome. I enjoyed every minute of that. Yeah, we nailed it. I don't even know if we're on live still. I don't think we are, but I'll tell you, if we are, I'm fine with it. I'm just going to sit here and gloat for a second. So be it. Everybody will just have to see it here. <laughs> I, think we, I, think, I think it went well. I mean, I I was sweating bullets at 7 o'clock when this thing wasn't working. But, uh, well, I heard the music and everything. I heard the intro music, and I kept waiting and waiting, and then mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything come on. I was like, oh, crap, this is not going to be good. But uh, you know, <laughs> and I kept, we made it. My text, for some reason, my text wasn't going through to you because I was like, I kept looking at my text, wouldn't go through. I was like, oh crap, I don't know what's going on. And I, I know I said a couple <laughs> times, I heard the guy say, or the girl say, mute, unmute. And when you unmuted me, I said, Lance, if you can hear me, I can't hear you. And see, I could hear you, but uh, I, I think I, I had to swap uh, swap computers, but I think it worked out. And I mean, we got a good, we got ninety minutes worth of content. That's hard to put on a ninety minute show with no commercial. Well, well, one thing I've heard from Gaddis and from Mister Earl is you don't want any dead air when you're doing something like that. And we uh-huh. didn't have, I don't think we ever had dead air. You know, no. Between <laughs> us two and between Preston, we never had dead air. No, and he did a good job. He did a good job. He too. did a great job. I was really impressed with him. Uh, yep, I, God, I, I, I hope he can do something. Yep. I hope he can do something with Ring of Honor. 
I hope so, too. I think it went well. I think it went well. Well, I'm going to click end episode and hope this doesn't make the recording. But uh, <laughs> if it <laughs> well, does, we'll take care anyway. of that. All right. Hey, look, Stevie, well, I enjoyed it. Well, uh, we'll talk to, I'll talk same. to you sometime tomorrow. I'll follow up. All right. Same here, bud. I'm looking forward to hearing it. All right. Take care. You too, bud. Thank you, bud. Uh, we'll see. For those of you still listening, thanks for joining us. We hope you had a good time. This is blogtalkradio.com.